Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time to get inside the Giants' home. Let's go, let's go, let's go. On Giants.com. I like it, I like it, I like it. And the Giants mobile app. Boom, give me some juice. Part of the Giants podcast network. Let's roll. Welcome to our usual Wednesday edition of the Giants Huddle podcast. I'm John Schmelk, joined as always by Sean O'Hara. It's all brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. Sean, Merry Christmas, my friend. Yeah, you too. How's the back? You all right? You didn't have to put anything together? No no thousand pieces? I I did. I had had a huge princess castle that I had to put together for the... For the daughter, uh, Santa was very generous with her as well. So it was a it was a fun, nice, fun, fun day in the Schmelk household. How do about you, you? Do you put the decals on too? I did put the stickers on. Did not mess that. up one of them. Wow, I was that's twenty impressive. for twenty on the decals. Steady Eddie. Right I was there. really proud of myself. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. That was happening at like twelve thirty at night too. Those things, I'm very particular. Like I will read the instructions like two, sometimes three times to make sure because thing. if you do one piece in the wrong order, it, like the whole thing is is broken. You got to bring it back. So. Uh, congratulations on all that. That's no, great. I appreciate that. What, what was the big gift for the kids in the O'Hara household? This um, year? Got my son an Xbox. So Ooh. this, it's funny, as the kids start get, to get older now, now the putting together part is electronically. So now it's like when you're when they're young kids and it's little stuff, it's manual labor. I got to put this in here. I got to figure this out. I got to get some tools to put it. Now it's all. Make sure you have the inputs on the TV set up correctly, right? And, and internet, like the Wi-Fi was going Oh, yeah, out. you got to so get the Wi-Fi. That was an issue. And then it's point. like, you got to download yep. the software you got the xbox my son's over there like daddy come on he's like chomping at the bit is it ready yet is he's it ready? Like, I'm like vibrating it's still, in his chair it's, it's at 43 percent <laughs> download like yeah like and he's staring at it like thinking that's gonna speed it up so uh yeah it was much more of a technological um dad necessity this year but um i, I kicked his butt in madden in the very first game so <laughs> felt, i felt like i did my part he was talking junk yeah daddy i'm gonna kick your butt did you go back and play as like the 2007 giants I thought about it. Um, he said you, there's, you can create like an ultimate team, um, but we that would have taken another download. So we just went right into the quick game play. And would you believe that of all the teams that he picked to play for, he picked the birds? He picked the Eagles? Yeah. I, I So he, he caught two beatdowns, the physical one that I gave him for picking the birds. And then I just out of spite, I said, I'm taking the Giants and I'm going to kick your butt. So first play of the game, I busted up a 90-yard run for Saquon right up the middle. Um, and then I won 33 to 20. So take that, Eagles. Little duo right behind the center. Yeah. No, I just halfback wham. Halfback wham. Halfback wham. <laughs> Boom. Right after actually Darren Waller came in and, and got a good block on the nose. I think we might have to run that play. I am not seeing the Giants run the wham play with Darren Waller, but now we might have to put that in. I'm going to talk to Davis. Uh, and we got to spend Christmas afternoon and evening together here covering yes. uh, Giants and Eagles. That was quite was lovely. Fun. 
Uh, quite quite the cuisine. Yes, yeah. very yeah. good. Not a lot of places open on Christmas Day, but somehow Don Sperling found a way to get Grubhub delivered. Yes, he did. He did a really good job. It was good spending time with everybody. Uh, and the Giants, look, 23 at halftime, I think all of us kind of in the back of our head, even didn't yeah. verbalize that like in Philadelphia, 23 at the half, here we go again. Yep. But it didn't feel like that type of dominant performance by the Eagles even in the first half of that game to me. Um and the Giants end up coming up with, you know, Tyrod Taylor comes in. We'll talk about that. But for me, the big thing were the takeaways again. And that has kind of been what's buoyed the Giants to a lot of their victories this year, Sean. And you had the good play by Isaiah Simmons to push Zacchaeus into Boston Scott to, to force the fumble on the kickoff, then the Adoree Jackson pick six. And that's what really got the Giants back into that Eagles game. Huge play by Isaiah Simmons. Like he, he literally threw him like into another zip code, and then he recovered the fumble. So that that was a huge play. And you're right. At halftime, you know, everybody was reaching for the eggnog. Twenty to three. This is about to get ugly. Let's you know, let's find a way to get back in this game. And that is exactly what you're looking for right out of the, of the opening kickoff in the second half. And then to be able to punch it in um, a couple of plays later. That that was huge. That first half, you know, to your point, like the offense just could not stay on the field. They were one for eight on third down, and that was really what prompted the change. But it was also self-inflicted. Like I go back to the Giants go for it on on fourth and one, and Daniel Bellinger doesn't block us on Reddick. Like he could, more nice right in the backfield, tackle for a loss. That should not happen. Um, there was a, a drop by Darren Waller on third and seven. Those two plays, now all of a sudden, offense stays out on the field. You get a little rhythm. That was one over the middle on the slant you're talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah early yeah. on. I think mm-hmm. it was the first quarter. Yes, yes, yes. Those were like self-inflicted plays where, okay, the offense is kind of stuck in neutral here. And even defensively, Sean, missed tackles was also self-inflicted. Yeah. They missed a lot of tackles yeah. in that first half I, and in the second half, to be honest. I mean, DeAndre Swift, look, he's he's a powerful runner, but there's there's opportunities there. And you know, not just with him, but we had a hard time bringing it out in Jalen Hurts. Like, Pinnock was came in unblocked on a blitz in this game. And yet Jalen Hurts is able to scramble around and run around and complete a pass in, instead of a sack, loss of yards, ended up being a positive play for them. McFadden so, had a play in the backfield on that too in the yeah, second half where he had him yeah, wrapped up around the legs. He couldn't get him. So that was, that was tough, you know, but I think you have to credit this team and the coaching staff for their ability to come out in the second half and make a game of it. Because yeah. mm-hmm. statistically, when you look at offensive production, Giants versus Eagles. The Eagles had almost 500 yards of total offense. Like this game should not have been close. The pick six helped. That turnover right to start the second half. And look, the Giants are right back into the the game and they found a way to get back into it. So I think they're looking at the film too and saying, man, we should have won that game. Like despite all those stats, despite the fact that, um, you know, Philly rushed the ball really well and, and got some big plays. Um, you know, I go back and I look at, you know, fourth and four, we decided to go for it. They call some bogus penalty on John Michael Schmitz. False start on the center because of head bob. He's been doing that all game. Like I was completely bogus. I have no idea what they were calling him on because he didn't even bring it up and then snap it right away. Like he's been doing that all game. He brings the head up, which you signal to everybody, hey, it's coming. And then you go left or right, depending on what the call is in the huddle. Um, and the fact that one guy jumped, that should have been a first down for us. And by the way, and I think when I rewatched it on Coach's tape, what was telling to me, you didn't see one Eagles player pointing at the center. No. After the offsides, they're like, they're all looking right. at Jalen Carter like, you 
idiot. Yeah, you know his head's coming up. <laughs> you literally see Josh Sweat in his three-point stance put his forehead to the ground. Yeah. Like that. And it's like none of the Eagles were even pointing at Schmitz after the play. But can I get it? That's been a point of emphasis. We saw right. it on a Thursday night game. Yeah. Uh, they got the Steelers punter for that, right, against yeah. the Patriots a couple weeks ago, which, you know, was a tough call. I think they even called Kelsey on that later in the game on, on something on a, on a false start, too. They called, yeah, they called him for moving the ball. Okay, that was moving that. the ball on that yeah. one. But I know it's a point of emphasis, but... Yeah. The, the, that's a rough call. On, but to on, your on point, if all four of the defense linemen had jumped, then you could say, hey, the center drew them off because he you know, did some herky-jerky movement. But the, the truth of the matter is, like every time John Michael Schmitz, he did that even after that penalty, he still did the same thing. It's almost like they were looking and, for it because it was a fourth and four. And yeah, and it was they were just, trying to draw him off. You know, I mean, that, that, that was tough timing. And then you know, later on in the game, John's going for him third and one. Great play design. They've got Waller wide open. It could have been a touchdown, and Tyrod just can't get enough on the ball. Um, so, and he ends up dropping that pass, and then there was also a third down. and short to Barkley too on that little out from the backfield that right. Tyrod threw short. I think yeah. Barkley might have rounded the rat a little bit. He didn't quite get it down the yeah. line enough. Was that but the fourth down? That was the, that was the very that was either play. a third or fourth down. Yeah, I, I think that was remember. the fourth down play right after that third down. Yeah, no, I think yeah. it was a little bit earlier, but either way, it was two key yeah. plays where they had players wide open, and 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 we'll get to Tyrod. You know, he short on it a little bit. You couldn't convert yeah. that, and I really thought in the first half, Sean, they designed the offense to try to mitigate the Eagles' pass rush. Right? I mean, I counted five or six wide receiver screens. Yeah, you really didn't have any true dropbacks, and I think once they got down a little bit, I think in the second half, they said, "All right, we're gonna." let Tyrod throw it downfield a little bit. And I think the offensive line actually did a pretty good job picking up a lot of that Eagle pressure this in the, the second half. This is the best I've seen the Giants offensive line play against Philly in a long time. And I think you have to give credit to Tyree Phillips, who had a heck of a game at right tackle. He did. Because when you go back and look at the last couple of times we played the Eagles, it's four sacks, it's five sacks in the playoff game. We we couldn't block us on Reddick. And look, Evan Neal had his struggles against him in those games, but Tyree Phillips was very stout. He was one of our best linemen. Like, I think he might have even played better than Andrew Thomas, which is, for a lot of people, maybe surprising. I also want to throw out there, Tyree Phillips was on the Philadelphia Eagles practice squad. We activated him from there. So he went against these guys in practice. So maybe a little familiarity helped him out, but he was very physical. I thought they all did a great job um, overall in protection. Just one sack in the game. Um, to your point, that was emphasis. Get the ball out quick. Some chips by the tight ends, and that continued out. Saquon was very active in the pass protecting. He did not have a lot of free releases. Every time I saw him going out for a pass play, he chipped an end, chipped somebody. He made sure he made contact with somebody on his way out. And I think that Tyrod, one of the reasons why he got the nod going into the second half and why he's the starting quarterback now is because he was decisive. That ball was either coming out of his hand or he was going to run for it. And he ran for a first down a couple of times. Yep. Obviously, the play where he kind of gets hit, Justin Pugh has to come in and defend him a little bit, ended up being offset penalties. But he was decisive. That back foot hit the ground. If he didn't like what was going on with the coverage, he was running and getting out of the pocket, not sitting back there holding on to the ball. So I think that ended up being a, a big part of the game. And then, look, he great throw to, to Darius Slayton. Um, for that that big play touchdown, great throw over the outside um, shoulder, really nice pass. You know, I, I think he's he has shown. You know, look, he started fifty plus games. Um, I think he's won a playoff game as a starter as well. So he's more than capable. Um, you know, I think his ability to throw that deep ball gave the Giants a different element offensively. You're down twenty three at halftime. You got to throw to win. You got to throw to get back into the game. 
I think that was what prompted the decision to make the move. Um, and, you know, look, I know Giants fans, you know, there's some people that are maybe trying to figure out, you know, what does this mean long-term? All that. Listen, here's all it means. We went from Tommy Cutlets to Taylor Ham. all right? Two very good jersey products, all right? We're sticking with the jersey theme here. Give me some Taylor Ham. I don't know what the signal is for that, but we'll find one out. It's pretty good. It's <laughs> well done. I got to tell you, that's all pretty right, good. Thanks, I, I haven't thanks. heard anyone else say that before. Yeah, that's yeah, not bad. Go. I just made it up. You love turf. You're good at it. So you start a turf biz. Business grows, your savings grow. Become the most celebrated name in turf. Are you ready for all that life brings? Giants Huddle Podcast is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. From game day to everyday, Citizens is made ready for Giants fans with insights, guidance, and solutions. Learn more at citizensbank.com. And Brian Dable on Wednesday announces Tyrod Taylor will start a quarterback this week. Thought he did some good things in the second half. Uh, your thoughts on them going with Tyrod here now moving forward. Well, it's kind of funny because we were doing this show when they announced that Tommy was the starting quarterback, and I went on this whole rant about how I think it should be Tyrod because he's more experienced. Luckily, we're recording on Wednesday this week, which helps us. Right, but I I was making a pitch for why I think Tyrod makes sense, and so just go back and listen two weeks ago, and that'll be all. Yeah, I'll try to regurgitate it in the in the short version (laughs) in the cliff notes right now, but. As I mentioned, like Tyrod is decisive, and I think that's what you want. You want a quarterback that knows where he's going with the ball, and once he realizes, all right, that's the right read, boom, ball is out. Like that is where your offense can perform the best. And I mean, he when sees we're in things sync, we're in timing. That's how he's. Yeah, able to it's do all you know. Mm-hmm. It's like your processor on your computer. You know, like if you get a, a, a computer that has a faster speed, it's going to be able to download the content quicker and you know upload your software so that's the same thing and sean brings um, a full circle to the original conversation well done. yeah there we go <laughs> so i think for tyrod you know look he's i mentioned the experience as well um he's won a lot of football games i, I think he understands uh, what it takes to win he takes care of the ball um i also think look his downfield accuracy is, is pretty is pretty phenomenal those are great sideline people he's, he's always had that and mm-hmm. every single time he goes out there even during the preseason he throws a great deep ball. He's got great anticipation with that. Um, and I think the receivers love that aspect too because it's there's nothing more frustrating as a receiver. You're open on a go route. You just ran 40 or 50 yards, and he either doesn't throw you the ball or he misses you with the throw. So um, I think that's a big part of it. And, you know, look, for Tommy DeVito, there was a spark when he came in, and they were on – you mentioned the momentum. You want to ride that momentum. Um, you know, all right, that things have kind of gotten a little stale. Um, and I think defenses are are testing Tommy DeVito a little bit. When you have a young quarterback, there was a stat going into Philly. No rookie quarterback had won in Philly since Dak Prescott in 2016. So that's how good they had been. Why is that? Well, they they, they get a lot thrown at them. You have a, a veteran quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. Maybe you're not getting as many blitzes and as many different looks from the defense because they know, hey, this guy can play. He can see it. He can hurt us with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Tyrod will do a good job moving forward. You're ready for a change. Payday comes early with citizens. So go to that retreat. New you moves to the country. Now you're raising goats and launching a lifestyle brand. Are you ready for all that life brings? Uh, Giants fans love a winner. It's why they love Citizens. Named a 2022 Best Bank in the U.S. by The Banker as the official bank of the Giants and sponsor of the huddle. Citizens is made ready for fans of Big Blue. Learn more at citizensbank.com. Let's turn the page now. Look at the Los Angeles Rams coming in. And let's start with the defense, Sean. And I think the one thing, despite that one big takeaway in the pick six, you never got the sense in that game against Philly that the defense was going to be able to get the stop they needed in the big spot against that Eagles offense, whether it was DeAndre Swift, you know, running the 
running that four-minute offense at the end of the game yeah. down the field, whether it was Jalen Hurts, to your point, breaking the pocket, making a throw to um, you know Devonta Smith, making a throw to uh, A.J. Brown or Dallas Goddard, who had a big game. Even a maybe a tougher test this week against the Rams? Uh, you get any of the metrics. EPA, success rate, yards, whatever. They are a top six, seven offense in the league. And if his numbers were a little bit better, Matthew Stafford is playing at an MVP level, even if the numbers to me might not match that. Well, and just look at what he's doing with a rookie quarter, a rookie receiver in Puka Nakua. And, and nobody thought Puka Nakua was going to have even half of the impact that he's already had. And it started right out of the gate without Cooper Cup. He missed the first four games with the hamstring injury, was on IR, I believe. And yet Puka was making these explosive plays. So I, I think, yeah, defensively, this is a huge challenge because Matthew Stafford will stress your defense. He's going to sling that rock. Like he's going to throw, he's going to take the, the risks. He's going to throw the deep ball and he's going to give his receivers a chance to make a play. Cooper Cup, I, I still think is one of the best route runners in the league. And he is so dangerous because they move him around so much. And he does a lot of damage from the slot. But, you know, it's not just, you know, deep balls for, for Cooper Cup or quick little hitches. He runs the skinny slants. Like, he's he's tough. Like, he's not scared to go over the middle. His strength um, and size against Flot, I think, is an interesting match. You know, Flot's undersized, and yeah. Cup is a slot guy. is like 6'2", 210. Yeah. Like, he's a big dude. Yeah, he's physical with some of his routes, and he kind of uses his body really well. He protects the ball with his body really well. Great um, route runner. And he does a great job kind of catching the ball away from the body, you know, which makes it harder to kind of knock it out and defend. They also, they move him around a lot. They do a lot of pre-snap motion with him. With um, everybody, they, not they, just him. They caught Washington in his own coverage uh, earlier this season, ran him in motion, and they kind of lost him. I don't know how you lose Cooper Cup, but he ran, runs a wheel route up the sideline, and he's completely uncovered. Nobody's even by him. So Sean McVay, look, people were calling him Boy Wonder back when they went to the Super Bowl and played the Patriots. Um Everything is built, still built off the run, but he does such a great job of layering all that. Kyle Shanahan-like. Um, but Kyron Williams is, has been explosive, and he has been a juggernaut. He's a running back for the folks that don't he, know. He basically is the bread and butter right now for the offense. Once yes. he gets going, now all that play-action stuff works. So uh, to your point, the Giants couldn't close it out at the end of the game and stop DeAndre Swift and get the ball back. This is another good running offense. They're going to have their hands full trying to stop Kyron Williams. I will say the different wrinkle with this Rams offense is you're not worried about the quarterback runs. Right, Jalen Hurts, you've got to have a defender. Hey, the quarterback read, the zone read, the quarterback keep naked bootlegs. All those things are in play with Jalen Hurts. Not so much with Matthew Stafford. He's much more from the pocket. So uh, I think pressure on the quarterback is paramount here, at least against the Rams and Matt Stafford. You know where he's going to be. They're not moving him around quite as much as the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and, and speaking of which, we didn't talk a ton about the defense against the Eagles. Boy, they blitzed a lot. Like they, I, I didn't look what the final number was at one point. One of the had them at like seventy percent blitz rate in the game. They were bringing the heat against Hertz. I don't know if you can do that against Matthew Stafford. I think you, you he'll yeah. sniff those out and he'll get those wide receivers one on one. I don't know if that's a recipe for success this week. I think they might have to back off on some of that pressure stuff a little bit. Well, yeah, and to your point, I think Stafford he likes the blitz. He because, does because now mm -hmm. you know what I can throw to a spot. Um, you know, I go back to a touchdown throw that he threw to Cooper Cup against Baltimore, and Baltimore brings the all-out blitz, and he's got an unblocked defender bearing down on him. He throws the ball before Cooper Cup is even out of his break. Throws the ball to the back corner of the end zone and just puts a little extra air on it. And Cooper Cup runs right under, underneath it. You can't defend that. Like the, It's basically a foot race between Cup 
and the corner, and he's going to win that nine times out of ten. So Stafford, he's not scared to make those anticipatory throws against the blitz when he knows, all right, I know I've got man coverage. A lot of quarterbacks love blitz and blitz zero, which Wing Martindale runs a lot of because, no, I, I know I've got man coverage. So the double moves are always in play. Um, I think, ironically, for Wink Martindale, like one of the big plays for the Eagles, he did they didn't blitz. Right. So the third and 20, I believe it was, um, we, it was a four-man rush. We don't bring pressure. So there's a lot of people that, you know, you want to say, hey, why is he always bringing blitzes and bringing pressure? Even if you don't get the sack, a lot of times what the blitz does is it just forces the quarterback to throw the ball quicker than he would up like. The clock, yeah. So if there's a blitz and you got an unblocked guy and that ball's got to come out, if it's third and 15, third and 20, you assume ball's coming out, it's a short throw. As long as we make the tackle, we're off the field. So that could be one of the instances where, we, hey, we want to blitz Matt Stafford just so he has to throw the ball quicker than he would like, and we can't let those receivers get down the field. And then finally, the Rams defense, Sean, and Sean McVay gets a lot of credit, and rightfully so, with how this has kind of been turned around quickly. The job Raheem Morris, their defensive coordinator, has yeah. done this year. I'm going to throw some names out for fans. Michael Hecht, Christian Roseboom, Quentin Lake, Kobe Durant, Ernest Jones, Jonah Williams, not the offensive tackle, the defensive lineman. These are all starters on the Rams' defense. I would bet most of the people out there never heard of any of those guys. They're a bunch of rookies, yeah. late-round draft picks that not a lot of people know. And look, Aaron Donald's still there. Big deal. And he's yeah. a monster. Talk about him. But th this is not an overly, I think, talented Rams defense. There should be some opportunities here for the Giants to make some plays if they can block Aaron Donald. Yeah, when they went on their Super Bowl run, you know, it was kind of like a Pro Bowl roster. Jalen Ramsey out there, um, Aaron Donald, um, Bobby Wagner was there last year. Like, they always had these big-name guys. Yeah. Um, and to your point, yeah, it's not a lot of guys other than Aaron Donald um, and maybe a couple other guys that, that you've heard of. But Akella Weatherspoon, yep. one of their corners, number 44, he's been a heck of a player for them. He's bounced around in the league a little bit. But he's made some big-time plays. He is always around the ball. Um, he's kind of one of their stars defensively at the corner position. But Aaron Donald really is the focus. When when you're playing the Rams, offensively, when we're in the huddle, John, and we get the play is called, we break the huddle, all right, ready, break, we turn around. Everybody's looking to see where's 99. Like, if he's lined up on the other side, you're like, yes. <laughs> he's not lined up over me. He's that much of a game changer. And I imagine and, as a center, that's the guy you're helping on all game, right? They're going to turn the protection yeah. to him, and you're going to be coming over there and trying to help your guard. Yeah, you try. Every chance you get, it's, hey, I'm, I'm going to help out. I know I'm normally supposed to slide right, but I'm going to try to hang out, hang on my left guard side a little bit, give him a little bit of a post, not create all the space. So you definitely try to to kind of fudge your protection schemes to help that guy out. Um, and But it's hard. It's hard. Other than center, you can't really give guards help. Like, you can't put a tight end in there and chip like you can if he's against a tackle. Um, it's hard for a running back to come in and swab and chip on that. But, you know, one of the ways we would combat that is you get a guy like Aaron Donald, you know, you kind of go back like Warren Sapp back when he played in Tampa. It was like a four-eye technique. He was almost outside of the B-gap. When you get those really wide rushers, the way you cheat that and the way you combat that as an offensive line is the guard takes a really big split. The tackle takes a really tight split. So now you haven't shortened the corner for the tackle, but now what you've done is you've tightened up that B-gap so he can't mm. penetrate and rush up between the guard and the tackle. So if he wants to get in, he has to go towards the center where the help's coming. Right, where your help is, but also he's, you're widening out the pocket. You know, If you don't take that big split as a guard, now he's got a shortened corner. 
um, and then he can kind of get in between yeah, the guard yeah, yeah. and tackle. Makes so sense. There's that, that's one of the tricks that you kind of do as a veteran, uh, and then you try to you're at home, so you try to hard count him, get get him to kind of get back on his heels and maybe get a couple quick jumps. But Donald's done a great job and gets a run too, so that's always a challenge. You run at him, you run yeah. away from him. He's so quick, he can catch you from behind. So I would always say, let's run at him, let's double team him. Uh, but he is one of those werewolves, as Bobby Johnson calls him, where he can wreck the game. You always have to know where he's at. You got to find a way to double team him if at all possible. And look at the PFF tracking; he's actually been used at defensive end as much as he has a defensive tackle. This year. Yeah, they do the they're moving him around, too, so, so they can't get sandwiched in there. He's just right and left side too, so that he's yeah. going to be all over the place. So I'll have to keep an eye on him. Sean, good stuff, my friend. All right, thanks, Johnny. Giants on the podcast brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. We got to get out of here. Paul and Madeline are stepping in for BBK. Make sure you check that out, folks. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.